You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 412 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, coming to you live on this fine Monday evening. The Atlanta Hawks started their summer league journey tonight where they lost to the Memphis Grizzlies out there in Salt Lake City. And of course, that'll be plenty of what we talk about on this podcast. I will say, though, given that it's July 2nd into July 3rd, uh, there's not too much going on in the world of free agency when it comes to the Hawks. There's tons going on league-wide in free agency. You know, DeMarcus Cousins, uh, I guess, electing to uh, agree to sign with the Golden State Warriors made some big, some very, very big waves on Monday evening, and that has league-wide ramifications. But from a Hawks-only standpoint, not even a single rumor that actually came to the surface on, two, on Monday for us to actually try to discuss. Um, obviously, there's the Zach Levine thing that came to light on Sunday, but aside from that, and if you missed that, we talked about that on yesterday's podcast, but if you missed that, uh, it's basically best Basically, nothing else going on in terms of the free agency world. Uh, you know, a couple of the restricted free agents who, who might have made some sense for the Hawks. Uh, Aaron Gordon is now off the market. Julius Randle is now off the market. Um, Fred VanVleet's off the market. That, that, those kind of guys are no longer available. Uh, there are probably a couple guys the Hawks could at least look and at least entertain to talk about signing. But for the most part, I'm still expecting the Hawks to use their cap space when it uh, when it comes to taking on bad money elsewhere in exchange for assets. And you know, Denver and the Lakers are definitely obvious uh, teams there. There's a couple of other ones around the league that might make some sense. But uh, until we actually get some momentum there, nothing uh, nothing more on this podcast when it comes to free agency. This will probably be a shorter episode than we've done in the last uh, couple of weeks, just because. It's basically getting back to our roots as sort of a game recap episode, and uh, we'll talk about what transpired here. And what became a uh, a 103 to 88 loss at the hands of the Memphis Grizzlies in the summer league opener. I uh, if, I think I said this before on the podcast. I am not in Salt Lake City. I'll be in Las Vegas, but I was not on the scene. Just uh, taking it on TV as everybody else did. Got to watch this game a second time before I did the podcast. This is sort of my normal uh, re- recording uh, schedule uh, when it comes to game breakdowns. But uh, Michael Cunningham of the AJC and KL Chenard of Hawks.com are on the scene. They passed along some quotes, some interesting stuff there. Um, I guess the headliner in this spot is. Trey Young, of course, uh, he was 4 of 20 from the floor, 1 of 11 from 3, a minus 17, 16 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, a steal, uh, and 2 turnovers for Young in this spot. He played the most minutes of anybody on either team, which is uh, something I'm actually okay with. Uh, Tyler Dorsey was quoted uh, by Michael Cunningham of the AJC and talking about how the uh, altitude probably played a part. Uh, And and for me, it was pretty obvious that Trey Young was not the only one to be sure, but definitely did not have a ton of legs in the second half of this game. The altitude can be tricky there in Salt Lake City, especially given that was the first game action for all these guys in a couple of months now. So no no surprise there. The guys would would be tired. And we saw uh, Young play some short stints. Uh, obviously, the headliner is the is the four for twenty. He did not shoot the ball well here. People are uh, definitely overreacting to Trey Young's uh, summer league opener. I'm not sure I learned a ton about Trey Young in this spot. I don't think that uh, you know he's going to shoot four for twenty on a regular basis. I think that was, I was pretty sure at some point he was going to have a bad shooting night. I think summer league probably actually shapes up pretty well for him in general. I've been saying that throughout the process, but uh, at, at the same time, I talked about how this was probably a tough matchup for him when compared to others. You know, Javon Carter on the ball defense, Jaron Jackson as a, as, a, as a potentially elite rip protector. Uh, 
available for Memphis, uh, for instance, a couple of other things there. But Young, Young just didn't have it going as a shooter in this game. I'm not worried about his shooting really at all. If there's one spot that I would actually say is probably a, a legitimate worry point for me, it's always been you know his work around the rim. He is so small. He's going to have some, fi- some finishing work and some finishing issues, I think, at the NBA level. He, d- he did get to the line 10 times in this game, made, made only seven of them. But uh, that's probably encouraging. He's going to need to draw fouls at a high rate, I think, to uh, alleviate some of, some of the finishing concerns that I have for him. There were a little bit of, uh, of, of some issues when it comes to uh, him going as NBA length uh, as a as a ball handler as well. There's no question about Young's handle, but just from a physical from a physicality standpoint, there are guys who are bigger and stronger than he is now that he's going to be dealing with on a regular basis. And he settled for some floaters, but I would I would have liked to see him get all the way to the rim. That stuff that stuff is going to happen when you're that small, and he is pretty creative around the rim. Just didn't necessarily have it going here, but I'm not really worried about anything that I saw uh, that much. I will say nothing's really changed in my, in my pre-draft scouting report for Young. Those were issues that I already kind of saw from him. So if you're someone who's a skeptic, this is a game I'm sure that you want to drive home as a point to justify your argument. If you love Trey Young, you want to you want to write the game off pretty much entirely. It's kind of what you're dealing with with one summer league game. Uh, it's very important to keep things in perspective to be sure. Uh, on the positive side, I. I will say his passing was tremendous in this game. Um, only three assists, uh, which does not really do his, do his passing justice. I thought he was he was the best passer on the floor for either team. There was a lot of high level passing, some missed shots that would have left that would have led directly to assists. That came as advertised. I've long said that Young's passing is my favorite trait of his. It's, it's something that definitely jumps off the page to you when you watch him play, um, especially if you're just watching him. As I did sort of on the second watch, there was a lot of more focus just for me on Trey Young specifically. And at the same time, like I think it's pretty clear that he's a, a he's a high level thinker of the game uh, and a passer. So that's something you're not. I'm not necessarily worried about at all. That's probably my favorite trait of his. Um, defensively, I thought he actually competed pretty well in this game. Obviously, it's summer league; it's not quite the same as NBA stuff, and you're not. It wasn't dealing with anybody that was like a, a high end creator. I think you know Javon Carter. As much as I love him in Memphis, is definitely a defense first guy. He's not going to blow you away offensively, and the, and the Grizzlies don't really have that kind of lead ball handler on their roster. But with that said, Young Young competed, gave effort. That's probably the uh, the, the blueprint that you want to see from Troy Young. Even if he gives effort, there, there are always going to be some problems on the defensive end. Of the the floor, but uh, part of his issue at Oklahoma was they just didn't try very hard defensively. He had so much, so much, so much of a workload offensively that it was almost justified. But at, at the same time. I do think Trey Young uh, can be better defensively than he was in college. Uh, it's a spot where I'm definitely worried and will always be worried until I see a, an extended period of time where he's at least passable defensively. But he got good effort here, and that's kind of all you can ask for on that end of the floor. It's probably probably enough Trey Young for right now just because I think we have plenty to discuss. I think he might play, if not in every single summer league game, most of the way. So we'll have uh, plenty of opportunity to talk about him. But he, of course, was the headliner. It was his first, his first quote-unquote professional game. And uh, there were highs and lows. The passing was awesome. The shooting was not. And the defense was a probably better than I expected. So, uh, you know, 4 of 20 is going to get all the headlines, but for me, it was not nearly as bad as that shooting line indicated, and we'll uh, obviously see more from him in the future. Uh, elsewhere, individually here, Amari Spellman had a very nice game, 5 of 12 from the floor, 11.6 rebounds. I thought he competed very well. Uh, some of the uh, highlight stuff that Spellman had early in the game, they probably inspired a lot of reaction on a positive way, were basically just him finishing dunks. So I'm not necessarily overjoyed by that, but it's one of those things where Spellman's a competitor. I think I, I still, I, w- I still, I would still say he needs to get quicker, a little bit stronger as well. Uh, probably cut his body up a little bit, but uh, there were times we could definitely see what the Hawks saw in him when you when you talk about the way he plays the game and his floor spacing and just uh, general competitiveness. 
Boy Pierce said there's a long way to go after the game uh, per uh, per the AJC, but still, I think it's pretty clear what they saw in him, and it's one of those things where you kind of have to just rely on the defense. Uh, you're not going to learn a ton about him there as well, but I do think Spellman, uh, one of the things I'm worried about um, most with him is his uh, defense in space, and it wasn't necessarily awful in this spot, which is probably a good thing. I thought, I thought, I thought he generally played pretty well. Tom Dorsey had uh, a, a, a team-high 18 points and 7 rebounds uh, to go along with 4 assists in 28 minutes. He was only 4 of 13 on the floor, but got to the line for 10 times. He and Young combined for 20 free throws. Dorsey's a guy that I haven't always loved, frankly, but I thought he had some moments here. He's definitely very assertive, and he's, you can tell he's comfortable as a sophomore in this setting, as someone who's one of the leaders on the squad, along with John Collins. Uh, Collins, uh, you know, it was pretty clear in the first half that Collins uh, is too good to be here. <laughs> Frankly, that's probably the best way I would put it. Uh, 9.6 rebounds, uh, did have five fouls, which is, I guess, a minor concern there in mean, 16 minutes. Actually took, took, a, took a tough fall, uh, but actually, you know, I guess um, after after the game, the reporting was a pretty positive with regard to that. He actually came back into the game. So one of those things where it looked, it looked probably worse than it actually was. And uh, Collins, uh, you know, I think, I still think, uh, and probably even more so, after seeing this game, that uh, he probably doesn't need to be there uh, for very long in terms of playing in summer league. Um, Cunningham said um, that Collins uh, relayed that he landed on his chest during that hard fall in the second half and avoided smashing his face, which is what it looked like it was going to be a potential you know head injury situation. But uh, Collins looks to be fine after that. I thought he was very very good in a small in a small sample in this game, only 16 minutes of playing time, but he's the best player on the court for the Hawks when he played. It's pretty clear that he has. Uh, I don't, I don't want to say no business being there, but uh, he's definitely one of the. He'll be if you, if you play. In Vegas, he'll be one of the best players there, and that and that accounts for you know all 30 teams. He is that kind of uh, guy here, and I, I think I'd be pretty surprised after tonight if he played in all eight games. Just something to follow with there. That's not sourced, but just something where he looks like he's uh, overqualified to be playing summer league basketball. Uh, elsewhere, uh, Antonius Cleveland pretty quiet. Uh, one of one from the floor, two points, three rebounds, and two fouls. I thought he was pretty good defensively, but pretty anonymous offensively. Somebody that's a guy who definitely want to keep an eye on because he has all the traits that you would want to see. But the Hawks need to get, uh, probably get a good scouting report on him to go into the season, given his non guaranteed contract. Jalen Morris, uh, pretty similar, two points, two assists in 15 minutes, one of three from the floor, pretty anonymous. Oh, missed, both of his, missed both of his threes. That's probably the biggest weak spot for Morris. He's going to have to make shots, and he didn't in this game. Um, but uh, you know that's, uh, that's, that's obviously a small sample size. Jalen Adams made uh, three threes, uh, the two-way guard. I thought he looked pretty pretty reasonable off the bench in this spot. Jock Landale from Saint uh, from Saint Mary's had six points and a team high nine rebounds. Um, he was he was the guy who played the most minutes outside of the guys who were under contract already. And Brandon Sampson from LSU had some moments, had actually back-to-back buckets in the second quarter that kind of spurred the Hawks a little bit when they were trying to make a little bit of a comeback. I thought he's at least uh, springy athletically. I'm not a guy that uh, necessarily showed a ton of skill at the college level, but a pretty good athlete. You know, definitely came to the surface here in watching this game. I thought it was interesting. The Hawks only used really 10 guys. Uh, they, they did play Junior Robinson, the 5-5 guard from Mount St. Mary's, for three minutes. But aside from that, it was basically a 10-minute rotation. There were some guys, Robert Johnson, Alpha Kaba, the Hawks' uh, 2017 second-round pick, and Zach Lede did not play at all. I wonder if we'll see those guys on Tuesday. Um, but aside from that, uh, just sort of a, the rotation was what it is. Zach Smith played 10 minutes, actually had a couple of nice moments athletically. He's a pretty good athlete, and you, you kind of tell that right away. But in general, we're going to pretty much focus on the roster guys unless uh, something weird happens, somebody has a great game or, or a particularly bad game. Uh, but in general, we'll talk about the uh, the seven guys who are under contract that are actually allowed to play, obviously, because Kevin Herter and DeAndre Bembry are both injured and unable to go. Uh, although Bembry, I, Bembry I, I did note, was on the bench, and Apollo was definitely engaged. It looks like he's going to be with the team throughout, and that's probably a good thing to keep him uh, close to close to the squad, even if he's not uh, available to play as a result of health things. 
Uh, big picture stuff, uh, the Hawks attempted 43s in this game, and uh, Cunningham uh, of the AJC got a good quote from Lloyd Pierce about that, which I'm going to read to you now, and it says, uh, and I quote, uh, I'm excited that we shot 43s because that's what we want to do, get them up. I'm excited for Trey. He got 20 shots up. He can get a shot off. He's going to make a lot of shots, and we're going to be fine, end quote. Um, definitely, I'm, I'm on board with this. I tweeted about that at the time when the quote came out. But taking 43s in summer league game is just fine with me. The Hawks have uh, famously a 16-second shot clock in practice before summer league. That was a Lloyd Pierce creation. They also have the four-point line at least installed uh, for parts of practice time. So they're definitely going to be looking to play fast. They definitely played fast in this game. Uh, this is a 40-minute game, which they allowed 103 points. But they got up 43s in a 40-minute game. That's pretty outrageous, and I like that. Uh, to be sure, you know, Trey Young has, has the green light clearly, which is just fine with me. He needs to have the green light, to be sure. And even Amari Spellman took six threes in this game um, and only made one, but still, uh, I mean, any, any quality look that's uh, quick, they're trying to get uh, good shots in the in early offense, and they were successful in doing that, even if they didn't make a ton of them in this game. On the whole, defensively, there were some uh, some missteps, to be sure. Jaron Jackson Jr., the number four overall pick, who I definitely like quite a bit. I had him uh, even higher than that on my board coming into the draft. Uh, he had 29 points and eight threes, which is a little bit of an aberration. I'm not sure he's going to be that kind of shooter, but uh, you know, he was the biggest impetus for Memphis getting this win here and uh, you know all those things. Um, anyway, it's one of those things where uh, there's plenty going on, uh, talking about Summer League, but uh, you know, in short, that was a it was it was sort of a weird. Um, Game and uh, yeah, they lost. They lost by 15 points. It's one of those things where uh, you can take uh, as, as much negativity as you would like to from this spot. But the Hawks uh, will have at least seven more games to fight back here. Uh, same goes for Trey Young and everybody in the in, everybody in the rotation summer league. I would probably argue that the only guys who played, uh, you know, above their heads would maybe be Tyler Dorsey and I guess Spellman was pretty good. But everybody else was kind of average or below, which is what happens sometimes. Sometimes in summer league, I'm I'm actually interested to see what kind of rotations. Uh, evolve moving forward because after today you have a you have a back to back of sorts here in, in altitude. I wonder if uh, you know if anybody sits out on Tuesday, given that there's a day off on Wednesday. Like for instance, John Collins would be a guy I probably wouldn't be playing back to back days. So uh, when I learn about that, you will learn about that. And I swear, if there's any uh, any actual news on the free agency front, I will try to break in with a some with a uh, non summer league update in the coming days. But. If nothing else, this will be a short podcast. Uh, please subscribe to the pod if you've not done that already. I really appreciate everybody that's already done that. It's been huge over the last couple of months to have us be growing. And please continue to tell your friends if they are Hawks fans or even just NBA fans and see if they like the Hawks at all uh, to follow the show and download and subscribe. That would be huge for us. And I really appreciate everybody going out and doing that. Uh, if nothing else, we'll have another podcast after tomorrow night's game. Uh, Tuesday's game is at the same time, 7 o'clock Eastern against the San Antonio Spurs. A little bit of a less sexy team because they don't have Jaron Jackson Junior and Javon Carter, but they do have Lonnie Walker and the Spurs are in this uh, kind of weird spot. So that'll be fun, fun, fun game to watch. Uh, same, same bad time, same bad channel, and uh, we'll see you guys after the game.